What's going on, everybody? I'm Ra. And I'm Taz. And welcome back to Sisters Who Kill. When you have a child, it's very hard to trust other people around your children. You're usually very selective. But what happens when the people who you think are in place to help you are not there to help you at all? If you're listening to this, you probably already know what I'm about to say, that today is the day for you to start your podcast. You have everything that you need, your computer, a little microphone, and Spotify for podcasters. It is the all-in-one platform where you can host, edit, and record your podcast and distribute it everywhere. Where you're listening right now, you can have your podcast there. I promise, for real. And it's free. And you can make some money off of your podcast for free. Free money. Free money is out there. Just go get it by starting your podcast today. Our players this week are Samantha Fleming, our victim, Serenity Fleming, and Geraldine Jones, our murderess. Geraldine Jones was born in Gary, Indiana to a happily married couple. She had two older sisters and her family was loving. Geraldine and her sisters knew that their parents cared about them. They knew that they wanted the best for them. Their parents were kind of like that. You know those people that have the parents and they're just like, that's the definition of love. I just want my loved life to be like that. That's how Geraldine's parents were. All while growing up, education was a huge part of Geraldine's life. Five of her great aunts were teachers for more than 20 years. So like everybody in her family instilled in her that education was extremely important. It was something that you were going to have forever and ever, amen. They used to tell me when I was little, it was like, they can take your clothes, they can take your car, they can take everything that you own, but they cannot take what's inside your brain. They cannot take your mind. When Geraldine graduated high school, it was no surprise to her family that she got accepted to Purdue University Northwest to pursue her undergraduate degree. After she graduated, she happily took a job at a small but prestigious Catholic private school. Geraldine loved her students. She loved her job. She loved teaching just like all the people in her family before her. She worked there for eight years, but she wanted more for her life. She wanted to level up. And once she did, she decided that she was going to become principal. And she did just that. She became principal of this Catholic private school. Obviously, I mean, if you love kids and you love education and you're the principal, you're going to love your job even more despite the bureaucracy of, you know, the school system. Well, she was at a private school, so that's even better than privately owned schools, boy. That's a great place to work. Her students there, they were her life. And the only thing that was missing from her life is that, you know, she loved all these kids. She was so excited. She was growing up. She was about to turn 30. She wanted a family of her own. After a while, she quit her job as a principal and she became the deputy assessor at the assessor's office. So I had to look up what the assessor does. And it is a person who assesses your property, private and public and personal, and assesses what your property tax is going to be. I Googled that one. (laughs) 
now that she, you know, had this new job, she was finding more time to pursue relationships. When Geraldine turned 35, she met a handsome, hardworking, God-fearing man. They hit it off immediately. This man's name was Randy. And Randy and Geraldine hit it off for real, for real. A few months after they started dating in October of 2014, Geraldine told Randy that they were expecting. After a few months, she was pregnant and she was happy about it. <laughs> and apparently Randy was too. You know, he was just like, I've always wanted to be a dad. Our relationship is going well. Like, what can make this better but a union of us, right? Like, we are going to create a little us to love as much as we love each other probably even more like they're ecstatic lovely they're up there in their age too like it's about time clock's ticking right Geraldine goes to the doctor and she finds out that not only is she pregnant but she's having twins y'all oh stress me lord she finds the news out in like October 2014 and from then until December all this while she's like keeping her family posted with what's going on. You know, she shared the news about twins. She's posting sonograms on Facebook. You know, everybody's excited. They're all in here, right? But her family and Randy started getting a little suspicious, right? So Geraldine and Randy are starting to argue a lot. Their relationship is starting to get some cracks in it. And Randy really just wants to step up and be a good dad, you know? He was like, this is my first child, my seat. I want to come to the doctor's visit with you. I want to be there, like, every step of the way. And every time Geraldine had an excuse of why he couldn't go to the doctor's appointments. Randy started to get sick of it. And like, honestly, you're creating a little bit of doubt here, sis. Then, to make matters worse, she goes from saying that her due date was in December to her due date being in March. Bitch. And, right. So Randy, her sister, I never had everybody. no kids. But, I never had no kids, but that don't sound right to me. That don't sound right to me. Like... They're like, you're losing us, sis. You're losing us. Nobody can come be a part of this process with you. You have twins all of a sudden, and your due date has jumped from December to March. The only way I could explain, but they don't do due dates like that, but the only way I could explain that away is, you know, if they said, oh, twins never go to turn, you'll probably deliver. She could play it off, right? Be like, oh, they said I would probably deliver in December, but the actual due date is in March. You know what I mean? It's still a stretch. It's still a stretch. I don't know nothing about birth and no babies. <laughs> you know, twins usually don't make it to term. I pretty much did, but usually it's not enough space in the womb. They just end up having them early. Randy's like, enough is enough. I'm not doing this with you. I'm out of here. Like, you know, this the way you want to do it. Let me know when my baby's born and we'll see what's what. So now Randy is out of the picture and Jody's family is getting even more suspicious. Like, yo, baby daddy just left you out of nowhere. Right, who was so excited to have this baby and now he's just out your life. I don't understand, girl. Make it make sense. So then, you know, Geraldine starts, like, trying to build her own community, right? So she's, like, joining these Facebook mom groups and pregnancy groups. I know my sister joined one while she was pregnant. They were talking about the different things that they were going through and sharing her sonograms. And they could all be mom and talk about mom stuff and mom problems together, right? And pregnancy problems together, right? And so she's, like, at least trying to have this wall of support because her baby Maybe daddy done left there. She pregnant with twins and she just can't take it, Lord. So on 
Facebook, in one of these mommy Facebook groups, there was also a woman named Samantha Flemings. Now, Samantha Flemings, she was a white woman from Indianapolis. She was born there in 1991. And while growing up, she was closest to her mom. And after her parents' divorce, uh, she was even closer to her sister. Her sister's name was Kaylee. At 19, you know, Sam was one of those girls that she didn't want to be around the house anymore. So she started just couch surfing from house to house because she didn't want to follow no rules. Lo and behold, she found out that she was pregnant. Um, her baby daddy initially, her first baby daddy wasn't really interested in having a family and she was really young at the time and she was trying to make the right decisions, of course. So she signed over her parental rights to her mother. You know, this is going to be the chance for me to have, for, for my child to have a good life. Two years later, when Samantha was 21, she met another guy. This guy's name was Steven. They fell in love, love. They began dating, and that dating relationship turned toxic very quickly. And it was a lot of on again, off again. Like, that was her, oh, you know, she'll run, Samantha will run back to Steven real quick. You know, Steven will run back to Samantha. Oh, they not fight. Y'all blocked today or not? Like, which one is it? They would be just, they were that type of relationship. Eventually, Samantha found out that she was pregnant. And Steven was like, okay, well, let's try and make this relationship work. Like, let's see what we can do. But the two couldn't stop fighting. So one day, the police were called. And when the police are called about a domestic dispute and a child is there, um, they took their son. This devastated Samantha because, like, this is her child. Then now CPS is taking their child away. And in hopes of it being, like, a quick fix, everybody tries to— finesse the system because they want to get their child back faster. And in hopes of doing that, Samantha and Steven got married to, you know, give this illusion of, you're married, we're a happy family, you can give us our child back. Well, sounds like a young idea. (laughs) (laughs) Like Like a young person thought of this. (laughs) But I guess, you know, with these CPS things, you just never know what they want to see. And I guess somebody, they were trying... I I, brought, I can understand how their thought process. I can understand their thought process of thinking if we get married and we look like a happy family, then maybe we'll get our kid back. Well, they got married. They didn't get their kid back and they were never, everly happily married. The abuse in the house was still really bad. And since that didn't work with them getting their child back, they got a divorce and Samantha moved to Anderson, Indiana. She has her youngest is with her mother. The youngest is with CPS. And she's really, you know, she's trying to settle herself. She's trying to get her life back together. She's really trying to find, you know, steady work, steady pay. You got to do all of these things to show that you are fit to get your child back, even though you lost your child because you was in a domestic violent situation where he was hitting on you, but whatever, right? While she's trying to get her life back together, her feet back on the ground, she meets a man named Rainey. I love the name Rainey. Rainey is 31 years old and they fall in love pretty quickly. Shortly after getting together, Samantha found out that she was pregnant, but she was not pregnant by Rainey. She was pregnant before her and Rainey started messing around. But Rainey was like, you know what? I've already fallen in love with you, baby. I'm going to raise this child as my own. We're going to have a life together. You know, all this hopeless romantic love. We're in love. You know, we're going to raise our kids together. We're going to do all those. And Samantha, she's 23 years old. She's finally getting her life back together. She's really working hard on the CPS case. She's, of course, posting on the Facebook groups, asking for advice, posting how, you know, she's pregnant now, how happy she is. And... I mean, she's a young girl showing off her pregnancy. She also was on the groups talking a lot about how she was really trying to get back her baby from CPS. 
you know, as Mariah said, um, Geraldine and Samantha were in the same Facebook group. And Geraldine starts to see that they belly buddies, right? Like, they got the same due date. Uh, Samantha's also supposed to be due around March 2015. She's supposed to be due around March 15. You know how sometimes on Facebook you kind of go down a deep hole and you just, like, start looking at these strangers' pictures, you know? Just because something led you to something. No, all their business. Because it's just right there on Facebook, right? So she's, like, looking at the sonogram. She's got the due date. She sees where this girl is at. And the girl's also, you know, posting all her baby daddy issues on there. And so this is like Geraldine's <laughs> belly buddy in her head. I don't no contact was confirmed between the two, like that they ever spoke. But Geraldine was definitely all up and through her Facebook page. Now, March finally comes around and Geraldine is texting her family like, Y'all, it's time. I'm at the hospital. I'm about to go give birth. Her family, of course, wants to be there with her, especially, you know, her baby daddy on. So this is her first kid. It's her first kid. She's having twins. Like, it's so much. You need somebody Mm -hmm. there with you. You want somebody there with you. Her family is, like, rushing to the hospital, but they can't find Geraldine anywhere. They're like, hey, girl, where you at? And Geraldine's not answering. And I'm like, I mean, I guess she's giving birth. She's busy. I understand. You know what I mean? But they're like... It's still kind of weird, you know. It usually takes a while, like, to push the baby out. So, through all this time we're looking for you, we can't find you. You're just in that hospital having that baby alone. And they're like, I guess Jordan's just going to keep going on with this weird-ass pregnancy by herself or whatever. Nobody really confronts her about it, right? Now, remember, Samantha and Geraldine were belly buddies, and they was having their baby around the same time. So, towards the end of March, Samantha also has her baby. So she's got her precious little bundle of joy, her little baby Serenity at home with her and Rainy. They're so happy. They're loving on this little baby so much. And um, not too long after she has the baby, Samantha's mom, Sandy, gets a call from a block number. And her mom answers it. And a woman named Angela Grossman is like, hey, I'm a CPS worker. I've been trying to get in touch with your daughter, Samantha. Do you know how I can get in touch with her? Do you have her number? And her mom's like, a little weird, but yeah, I do. What's this about? She was like, I've newly been assigned to Samantha's case. I need to get in touch with your daughter because, you know, I'm her caseworker. I need to, you know, keep her posted. We have some new information on her son. And so her mom's like, oh, yes, of course, you know, Samantha's Definitely going to want you to call her. Here's her number, right? So she talks to her and she's like, hey, girl, I'm Angela from CPS. I am your new caseworker and I just wanted to check in with you, touch base. Do you need anything? You need some diapers? Like, what's going on, girl? Like, how can I help you? So she talks to Samantha for a bit. Hangs up the phone, they get off the line, right? Two days later, on April 6, 2015, Angela from CPS pulled up to Samantha's house, the home that Samantha and Rainey shared. She pulled up around 12.50 p.m. When she got to the door, of course, she was dressed in business attire. She was carrying a binder. She was, you know, there on official business. You know how CPS workers are, I guess. Rainey answered the door And Angela from CPS said that she was here for a surprise home inspection. And she was also here to take Sam and Serenity to a custody hearing for her son. And she was like, well, I'm here to take Sam, but Sam would really look good if we had the other baby. You know, we're able to tell the court, look what the baby is being taken away. If if she can take care of this baby, you know, trying to persuade her. And of course, Samantha thinks 
that's a great idea. Of course, we want to pursue the courts in any way that we can. So Samantha packs up Serenity and goes into the car of Angela. While in the car, Samantha texts her mother and she texts her sister and she's like, all right, you know, there's a court hearing today. I'm headed to it. I'm with CPS worker and I'm really excited, you know, feeling positive, feeling positive. We're going to get baby boy back. Right. And Kaylee, her sister, remember, they're super close. So Kaylee's like, that's right. You're going to get nephew back. Like, you know, they're hyping her up. And they said, we will try our best and we'll meet you at the courthouse. Suddenly there's like no communication. None for like an hour and 50 minutes, but she was in the courthouse, right? After that, after an hour and 50 minutes passed, Sam's phone texts her mother and Kaylee saying that the judge said that she didn't deserve her kid. Of course, Sam's mom, of course, her sister know that Sam is probably distraught right now. Like how on earth could the court say, could the judge say that she was unfit to take care of her son? Like, you know, she's been doing everything that she could because she's been working really, really hard to get her child back. How could this happen? Spoiler alert, there was never a court hearing. Angela from CPS was no Angela from CPS. In fact, she was Miss Geraldine Jones in disguise. What up, killers? This is Krista, Taz's sister and a day one listener, and I got a favor to ask of you. Put a finger down if you are tired, burnout, fed up with all the shit this country puts you through. I mean, damn. Even through a pandemic, America continues to be a shit show, especially when it comes to how it treats black women and black queer people. Meanwhile, it be these same people they mistreating that's out here and been out here fighting for all of us, showing the world that you're not just going to treat us like we nobody, period. And just like they're taking care of us, it's time that we take care of them. That's where you come in. I'm the co-founder of an organization called Retreat and Reimagine, where we invite these same freedom fighters to spend five days at a retreat center for free so that they can not only get some rest, but also learn how to make rest a priority in their lives. And when I say free, I mean free, free. <laughs> we giving out most stipends to Joe Biden, okay? If they're losing money for missing work for the retreat, stipend. If they had to get someone to take care of their kids while they was at the retreat, stipend. Hell, we even paying for the gas to take them to get to the retreat. And the work these people do, y'all, some of them do work around gang violence. Others help families that have been affected by police violence and some do restorative justice work with black youth in the juvenile justice system i know y'all care about that these people are burnout and need help finding ways to do the work that allows them to keep doing the work and the best part about all of it is that everything these people learn they're gonna take it back and share with their community because that's what they already do access to rest is so crucial y'all it helps us be healthier happier and more creative i mean just ask my sister what she was able to do when she finally got some downtime hint it rhymes with mrs who steal <laughs> okay so the favorite right if you would like to contribute, please make a donation to our GoFundMe. The link is in the description. Everything helps y'all, for real. And for the kids who just ain't got it, because I get it, please visit retreatandreimagine.com slash sissersukill to learn about the other ways that you can support. Help us invest in the niggas who invest in all of us. You feel me? After Geraldine packed Sam and Serenity in the car, she drove them from Anderson, Indiana, all the way two and a half hours to Gary, Indiana, where she lived. She brought them inside of the house, and we're not sure exactly what happened, but Sam turned away to get to look at Serenity after they had gotten into some altercation, and Geraldine, who was disguised, who just ripped off her Angela from CPS disguise, stabbed Sam 10 times. Once Sam is dead, in her living room, on the floor, she takes her body, she wraps her up, 
and plastic tape and black duct tape, she drags the body to a bedroom closet where there was like this um, navy, it was like a a 55-gallon storage tote, and she just stuffs the body in the tote, closes the door, she gets her cleaning supplies, she gets rid of the blood-soaked rug, she... Gets the coffee table taken care of, taken away. She's getting, she's damn near ditching her entire living room set. Streaming October 6th on Paramount Plus. First place I learned about death was a pet cemetery. Dead things buried in that land would come back. There's something else. Something's wrong with Timmy. He needs time to adjust. That's not Timmy. Something's talking through him. Sometimes dead is better. Pet Cemetery, Bloodlines, Rated R, streaming only on Paramount Plus. After the whole murder, Geraldine takes Serenity with her to her dad's house. Tamiko comes over to the house a little later, and when she walks in the door, she's greeted by her sister and this little baby. And Geraldine is like, hey, you know. I've had my baby. I know I was supposed to have twins, but one of them didn't make it. And, you know, she's just blessed to have her little baby with her at this moment, right? Tamiko thinks it's weird, but she congratulates Geraldine anyways. Geraldine then leaves her new baby, fresh baby, with her dad. And we haven't even got the shots yet. You know what I mean? And she gets on a flight to Texas to go see her mom. Now... Later that night in Anderson, Indiana, Rainy is getting a little worried because baby mama ain't made a home and his new baby is out there and she's not answering texts. She's not answering calls. He's like, I'm going to just call the police and report her missing. It was like, sir, you need to call back in a day or so to file an actual report. Remember, all that happened on April 6th. April 7th comes ghost. April 8th comes ghost. April 9th comes go. Nobody has heard from Sam. I thought Rainy would have um, reacted a little faster to get back to the, the cops. Yeah, but, because that was way over 24 hours. Yeah, but um, he doesn't actually call until April 10th, 2015. He's calling 911. He was like, I'm I'm ready to officially report Sam and Serenity missing. I haven't seen him. She is gone. She has my baby. Don't know where they're at. And the cops come to the house. They're like, all right, sir, tell us what happened. He said she left on April 6th with a CPS lady for a court hearing, and she has not been here since. And it was like, a lady from CPS came and took your wife, and then they never returned? First of all, I mean, like, did y'all schedule this pickup? And he's like, no, you know, she just came and said she's got a hearing. And he was like, you didn't know about this case beforehand? No. She said she was just taking over the case two days before and just, it's a whole lot of, mm, doesn't sound right. They're like, listen, you're going to have to come down to the station. This isn't, we need you to really break this down for us. Like, you know, maybe he did something because this story is weird, right? So he gets to the station. He's telling the same story again. He was like, listen, I knew something was fishy. So I made sure I remembered that license plate. And they was like, okay, what about the license plate? What was fishy about it? He was like, she had expired tags. He was like, if she works for CPS, why would she be riding around with expired tags, especially if she's going to be picking up people and taking them to court? He was like, that already seemed weird to me. So I made sure I remembered the license plate number. They're like, okay, well, give us the license plate number. Rennie gives it to them, and they start to go search for the plate. They talk to Samantha's family, and they're trying to see if they know anything. They're like, no. And that's when Sandy, her mom, is like, yeah, this woman, Angela Grossman, calls me from a blocked number, and she says, you know, she's her new caseworker. 
Then two days later, she picks Sam and Serenity up. They're like, okay, same exact story. They was like, we haven't, it was like, yeah, it was weird, but we haven't talked to, you know, Angela since then. So then Kaylee tells the police, like, I tried to go down to the courthouse and, and be with my sister to support her. I can't find her. And so, like, on the way there, left a message saying that she's on the way. She was in contact and she spoke with good grammar. She put her punctuations in when she texts. You know, we all have our own style, right? So the last text she sent was decision from the judge. And it was like, okay, what's that even mean? Like, you're usually a clear texter than this. They're calling her. She's not answering. You know, she just told them, she tells them that she's not getting her kid And then she's not picking up the phone. Like, they're obviously concerned. Yes. Like, this is something, honestly, like, as a... As a Fresh sister, mommy. as a friend, as as knowing some, if I knew somebody going through this that has been like, you know, I'm I'm sure that they were like, finally, we're we're doing it because she's been working hard to be established so that she can get her son back, and you find out that your friend, your sister, didn't that all their work that they're gonna at that moment they're gonna feel all their work is in vain. Yeah, I'm gonna have to get you on the phone. I think especially with her just being a fresh mommy, like Serenity was 17 days old. So like you've got all those fresh hormones and feelings on you and you try and go get back your first child. And, you know, they're telling you that you're unfit to be a mother. Like (laughs) you hit me with a lot right now, you know? Right, right. So then the police are like, is there anybody in Sam's life who would want to hurt her? And they're like, well, yeah, you know, her first baby daddy, Steven. He can be kind of abusive. They broke up because of that. She really ended up having to leave him. It was a bad situation, right? So the police are like, all right, we've got all this suspicious information. We're going to do a little investigation. Come back, see what we get, right? So then they get a call about a wallet belonging to Samantha Fleming being found in a dumpster at the Wood Lake Apartments in Gary, Indiana. Now I'm like, this is not a good sign that we're finding her wallet. This missing woman's wallet in a dumpster, but... It's a wallet and it's a clue. So we're going to head on out there and check it out. At this time, Sam and Serenity have been missing for more than 11 days. They also go and they talk to Stephen and Stephen got himself a lawyer. And that lawyer said, Stephen has nothing to hide, but he also does not wish to speak with any law enforcement. (laughs) He doesn't have a good relationship with y'all. He doesn't want to participate. And, um... Eventually, he was like, like, I'm going to put murder on me. Listen, so I don't even want to talk to you. And so they ended up ruling him out as a suspect eventually. After searching the block number, they find out that it's linked to 36-year-old Geraldine Jones. They search her information, and they are like, neither Angela Grossman, who said they was on a block call, nor Geraldine Jones who the block phone connects back to is a CPS worker. But she's got to know something because why would her number and name be tied up in this mix? Right. And they have records showing that it traced back to Sandy and Sam. So they're like, got to talk to her, got to talk to her. So on April 17th, they call Geraldine, but of course they do not get an answer. So they go to her house. When they get there, Tamiko, her sister, answers the door. The police are shocked because they see Tamiko holding the baby wrapped up in a little pink blanket. And so they was like, um, hey, ma'am, uh, what's this baby's name? And Tamiko says, I don't know. They said, huh? <laughs> 
You don't know the baby's name? She said, listen, man, first of all, come in, officers, because I've got a lot to say. She was like, this is my sister's baby, my sister Geraldine. But last week she went to Texas to visit our mom, and she left this baby with my dad, so I just took her off my dad's hands. And I'm over here just trying to pick up some more stuff for the baby. I guess Geraldine's dealing with some postpartum issues, and she just needed to get away, so she went to stay with my mom, but, you know... I'm I'm picking up some stuff for the baby. And she was like, and if I'm being really honest, I'm trying to figure out if this baby is hers. I was like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? And she was like, this whole shit has been weird. I'm looking for a baby bracelet from the hospital, little hospital first day blankets. Looking for something to show that my sister had this baby because... Her she was supposed to have twins. Then nobody could find her at the hospital. She was supposed to be doing December. Um, she was like, and if I'm being honest with you, something don't smell right. And the police were like, speaking of smell, ma'am, do you smell something foul in this house? And Tamika was like, looking around like, I just got here like 20 minutes ago. I mean... My sister, we can't, she in Texas. She probably ain't do to take out the trash. I don't know. I'm just trying to, I told y'all what I was here for. And the police are like, ma'am, it stank in this house. They're like, do you mind stepping out while we search the house? And Tamiko was like, be my guest. <laughs> she was so Tamiko ready to is, give her up, bro. Tamiko was not happy. Listen. She's sick of the games. I... I I'll talk about Tamika later because you have hats off to you, my lady. So police walk through the house. They're looking in different rooms. They're trying to, they're basically following their literal sense because they're trying to figure out what that smell is. Finally, they get to the bedroom and the smell is getting stronger. They go to a closet and the smell is getting even stronger. They flip on the light in the closet and they open the door and immediately they see that there is a plastic wrapped duct taped body in a storage tote. Because of how the body was wrapped, they couldn't identify the body. They didn't know who it was, but the police were like, oh my gosh, I think that we just found the body of Samantha. Also, immediately, they were like, that baby that Tamika don't even know the name of, I'm pretty sure that's Serenity. So on their way out, they go to talk to Tamiko, and they couldn't help but notice that in the living room, there was a lot of bleach and like a lot of ammonia. And there was an imprint in the floor. You know how like, you know how folks have the rugs that they keep in their house forever and ever, amen. And when you take it up, you know, it don't matter what you do. You can tell that there was a rug there. And the police were like, there used to be a rug here. And so then they see like a, like a hand truck, you know, like if you're moving big boxes that helps you, has two wheels and a flat thing. They see a hand truck, it's red, and on the wheels, the two back wheels, it looks like there's blood on it. And the police are like, oh shit, this is a crime scene. They're like, okay, we are almost 100% sure that this is Serenity, the baby. Let's take her to the hospital. This body, we, I'm almost sure that this is Sam, but you know you got to go through everything. So let's take the body to the coroner's office so it can be identified. And while Serenity was at the hospital, she actually was identified because she had a birthmark in the back of her ear. And after that, she was taken from the hospital and put into real CPS custody. At the coroner's office, the body was unwrapped and identified by Sandy. Remember, Sandy is Samantha's mom. So Sandy is like, yep, that's her. I know because of her tattoos. 
She had 10 stab wounds on the front and back of her body. If y'all watch Snap, it says like 50, but the court documents say 10. So believe what y'all will. We read it on paper. Around this time, they also found Geraldine's abandoned 2004 red sedan. And Rainey was able to identify that car to be the car that Sam and Serenity left in. So the police go back to Sister Tomiko. And Tamiko is like the definition of I ain't going down for some shit I didn't do. And again, she tells them everything about Geraldine, about her being wishy-washy, about this due date that changed by not weeks but months. And how honestly, she didn't really see any proof of Geraldine actually having a baby, a baby actually being born. And again, they she told the police that she basically hit the red eye to Texas. And once she got on the airplane... She ain't heard from her since. So later that day, because they have, they they started to crack that case open and they had the ball rolling since, right? So later that day, they get a call saying that Geraldine was admitted to the hospital after taking 240 Tylenol PM pills. I just don't even want to. It's too much work at that point. I'm going to start gagging after like 10 times of swallowing. A handful of pills. There I go. Um, They admitted her for depression and suicidal thoughts and actions. You know, the doctors at the hospital let the cops know that she's fine. She's just recovering. These Indiana investigators go to Texas to talk to Geraldine. When they get to the hospital, they read her her rights. They say, is there anything that you'd like to tell us? And she says, no, I'd like a lawyer. And so they're like, they're like, you know, that's fine. Um... Doc, let us know when she's good, and we're going to go ahead and get her extradited back to Texas. Now, Geraldine did not fight this extradition from Texas to Indiana, which I don't think I would be either. I'd rather take my chances in Indiana than Texas. And um, they take her back to Anderson and on April 20th, 2015, in Madison County, she was charged with murder and two counts of kidnapping and taken to the county jail to await trial. Trial! Howsomever, before the trial date could come, Geraldine and her attorneys filed a motion to get the case dismissed due to lack of venue and jurisdiction. They said, at this point, the prosecution is 100% sure where the crime was committed. Is this a Gary, Indiana case? Or is this an Anderson, Indiana case? And if you don't know where the crime happened, then you don't know where to charge me. So y'all need to drop it. She says like on the way there or on the way to some county, it wasn't kidnapping. She was like at a certain point, she was at her own free will. If you can't prove that I enticed her or tricked her or whatever to get her to go to this place, then it's not kidnapping. Then she just rode with me, right? And they was like, at the end of the day, we've got you doing a for sure kidnapping here, and we've got you doing a for sure murder there. So we can try you in either one of these spots, and we'll be covered for jurisdiction. So the judge got a felony here, felony there. Which felony you want to take? What you want to do, sis? We got you. So judge is like, you know what? We're gonna deny that appeal. It's not worth it. You didn't argue your point well enough. They got you, girl. The trial was set to be held on October 26, 2015. Geraldine is just sitting in that jail. Sitting in that jail down there, right to death. 
But three years after the kidnapping and murder of Sam Fleming and the, and the kidnapping of Serenity Fleming, Geraldine decides, I'm just going to go ahead and take a plea deal. We can skip the public trial. I, I'm just sitting in here wasting time. At this point, Geraldine gets to tell her story. So in May of 2018, Geraldine was offered a deal by the Madison County Prosecution to plead guilty to one count of voluntary manslaughter, a level two felony, one count of criminal confinement, a level three felony, one count of criminal confinement, a level five felony for kidnapping and murdering Sam and kidnapping Serenity. In exchange for pleading guilty, Geraldine would have to serve 30 years in prison and then be on 10 years probation once she was released. That is a sweet deal for such a heinous crime. I'm not going to hold you. I am telling you. Like, (sighs) the prosecution said that Sam's family was happy with the term she had to serve and felt like justice was done. But of course, they were always going to miss Samantha. Uh, Today, Sam's oldest daughter lives with Sandy, Samantha's grandmother. I mean, Samantha's mother. But sadly, her son and her youngest daughter are still in foster care. Okay, so up until this point, through the sitting in jail, through the plea deal, Jody never spoke about what happened. And some time passes, and she decides that she is ready to share on Snapped what happened. Out of all places. Out of all places. So she's actually featured on the Snap episode. And she says... So, y'all want to know what really happened? Here's T. Me and Samantha were belly buddies, okay? I knew the girl. I mean, Facebook knew her, but knew her, right? She was like, we talked, we shared photos, we talked about the pregnancy. And she told me that she wasn't prepared to have another baby. And she wasn't ready to have another baby. And she told me that she would sell me her daughter for $2,000. And I said, you know what? I would love that beautiful baby of yours to death. So I will make that deal with you. She says, it was her idea, Sam's idea for her to show up to the house as a CPS worker. She's like, Rainy not just going to let me just sell my baby for $2,000. So we got to make it look like you're a CPS worker. And then, you know, something will happen, right? So their plan was from... Their plan together was for Angela from CPS to show up, pick up Sam and Serenity, take Sam to Geraldine slash Angela's house, exchange the baby for half the money, and then she would get the rest of the money later. I don't know what that is, like 30 days, and I'll see if I really want your baby. And if not, I'll give your baby back and you keep the first half. I don't know why the money would come later. But when they arrive at Geraldine's house, Geraldine's like, all of a sudden, Sam wants all the money. She was like, give me the whole 2000 right now. And I'm like, I don't have it. I have the, the, the one van that we agreed on. And she's like, at this point, it turns physical. She's attacking me. I had to protect myself. I pick up a knife and I just start stabbing her to get her off of me. Lord Jesus. She says that she didn't mean for her to die. 
but she hasn't really taken responsibility for these actions. She didn't even really seem that remorseful on the Snap episode. She very matter-of-factly said this is the story. It did not seem like it bothered her or anything. And also, there are no records of them having any type of contact other than when she called her from that block number saying that she was Angela from CPS. Right. No texts, no Facebook messages, not even Facebook likes. Like, right. it's nothing. But the only connection is that they were in some, they were in very similar Facebook mommy pages. Mm-hmm. Y'all need- Be careful. Now, investigators and Samantha's family denied every bit of Geraldine's story about Sam agreeing to sell her daughter. They said she would never do that. She's trying damn hard to get her first son back. Why would she sell her daughter in the process of doing that? All in all, Geraldine was pretty smart for taking the deal because Indiana has a death penalty or she could have had to serve life in prison. So the deal was for sure her best bet because I don't think any jury was letting her off with the stories that she's telling. She's now housed at Rockville Correctional Facility in Rockville, Indiana, and she will get out in 2037. That's going to be here in no time. Yeah. And she will be 69 years old. Um, And then she'll have that 10-year probation. So she won't be free-free until she's 79. A little note in case this story spooked you out a bit. They went on the news. (laughs) And how to not find yourself in this situation. All CPS workers have a badge and a photo identification with their name and picture on it. So... If you feel like some weird shit is going on and a CPS lady shows up at your door telling you to come somewhere with your baby or even just you. Yes, infomercial. Check those badges. Check that ID. Make sure y'all know who y'all talking to. Okay, so... All right, y'all. It is time for... Well, I'm not black. I'm OJ. I ain't do it, but if I did, this is how I would have got away with it. I ain't do it, but if I did, I'd have got me a black baby. What, girl? (laughs) That is sending me. I can't understand it. Like, girl, you're black. Your man was black. Samantha's white. Her man was white. I don't understand how she was ever a contender. I know Tamiko was like, how your man dark skin? You dark skin, you got this white baby. White ass baby, what? Whose goddamn white baby is that? This is your baby, okay? He's just light skinned it. Mm-hmm. That one might be mine, that one right there. I'm not totally sure. Just because you name him Darren don't mean he belonged to Darren. But I don't care what this baby's name is. This baby is rice-skinned, but not light-skinned. That is a white child. That is Caucasian from the mountains of Caucasus. That is a Slavic baby, a Viking from Iceland. That's a good... That baby got 730 as a credit rating right now as an infant. A white man's child. I, I didn't do it, but if I did... When I got arrested in Texas, or when I got place in the facility at Texas, I think I would have played one that flew over the cuckoo's nest. Y'all, when they were like, once y'all clear her, bring her back, y'all ain't never gonna clear me. <laughs> um, I ain't do it, but if I did, I wanted to tell Tamiko shit. Tamiko couldn't wait to tell on her ass. No. Tamiko was, knew some shit was up, and Tamiko was not going to jail 
over no bullshit, okay? Tamiko shouldn't have known shit. She shouldn't have known. And that's your problem. That's why I said Tamiko wouldn't have known shit. There's some people you know don't you you don't don't tell no shit to me. Not me. Y'all can tell me. But you know people that you can't tell them nothing. You can't tell them nothing because they are going to be the ones that's going to A, tell you it's a bad idea, and B, tell on you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Tamiko, that's probably why she left. She said, Tamiko, coming to see the baby? Let's go. It's over. The jig is up. I didn't do it, but if I did, I would have had tags that weren't expired. Oh, for sure. And I also would have not had tags that were registered to me. I would have used a rental car. Facts, but, facts, how, facts. but that's another thing, y'all. Your CPS worker that shows up to your crib, they have to have, t- as far as I know, they have to have tags that are legal. They can't be riding dirty. I, I do, but if I did, I'd at least left the baby with a damn name. The police come to the door and say, who is this? I don't know. Tamiko said, do not put me in no shit. Okay, um, I ain't do it, but if I did, somebody, if I hear that I have a new caseworker, I, there's somebody in that office. The turnover rate in the in CPS is bananas. It is like crisis how much turnover there is with family services. Like my goodness, no wonder nothing gets done. No wonder we have cases like this. My old person gonna have to call me on my cell phone, tell me something's up. I'm, I need to talk to somebody to make sure that, to verify that this is the right person because. There's absolutely no way that I don't understand how you can just not know when your court day is. But you know what? There's this show called Do No Harm um, on Wondery. And this is not an ad because Wondery makes way more money than we do. But y'all can give us some if you like. Um, It is about like these cases um, where kids get hurt accidentally. Like they were actual true accidents. Um, And they were taken away by CPS workers. And these... Some CPS workers wouldn't even tell the families when their court dates were. They had too many cases. They were piled high. Some of them didn't care. Many of them don't care. Most of them are racist as hell. I mean, Samantha's a white woman, but, like, we're talking about CPS in general, and this is a black-ass podcast. So they're racist as hell, especially when it comes to black children, especially when it comes to poor children. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't even know where I, how I started getting on this, on this, on this thing. Oh, I ain't do it, but if I did, so knowing your casework, I have a friend that worked um, she, with CPS in uh, Philly, and she was like, "This is what I want to do. This is what, like she's always said in college, like this is what I want to do. Like I really want to help these kids." Blah 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 blah. And when she was doing it, she was helping these kids, and she was really enjoying her work. But after a while, like slowly but surely, like she was deteriorating, like deteriorating and she loved her job she was passionate about her job but the money wasn't good the benefits weren't good it was stressful as hell so now she's like well I need to go back and get another degree because I'm not gonna be able to help on the ground floor I'm gonna have to help from you know the inside out you know start from the top type shit I need another degree right so now it's left with people that everybody that cares are like okay I need to make make a difference this way but really yeah you do but y'all need to make sure that there's and with that difference, make sure that there's money and budgets put in place so that people on the ground floor that have the same drive that y'all can actually sustain themselves with that position. Honestly, y'all need to protect these kids a little bit better. Um, and Geraldine, being a principal, like knew the knew how the system worked just just well enough. I need an official letter saying that you're my new caseworker. I don't know how that shit goes for real, but Sam believed way too easily that she had a new caseworker and and went away with her just like that. All that rings a bell to me is the turnover rate and how horrid it is. Parole or no parole, 
I mean, they gave her a plea deal, but like, because she became obsessed. She was stalking Sam, you know? She's going to have to go through a lot of therapy and maybe let a therapist decide. I guess it's possible that she could have it. I'd, I'd let her argue. We'd have to see some change, though, because right now that snap is not giving. Yeah, that snap is definitely not giving. It's definitely trying to put the blame on Sam. And it seemed like Sam's family, you know, they were, they felt like justice was served. So if the family feels like justice was served, at least as far as the resources we saw would. Let's uh, read some reviews. This one just got emailed to us. I'm going to read it. Email, send it to Doom. Zmail, pbbs.org. <laughs> do you ever look at your phone and forget how to work it? Like, you'd be like, I'm going to do this. And you open it, and it's like, ah, that's not what I need. That's not what I need. Uh, yes, that's it. This one says, Hi, all. I just wanted to write in and say I truly love your podcast. I started after having it on my to-listen list for, like, six months. Once I started, I could not stop. What y'all are doing is so unique to the true crime scene, and I love hearing both of your perspectives slash commentary. You're both so smart and witty, and I always feel like I'm listening to a friend telling a story when I tune in. I also got my boyfriend listening to the show as well, and he also enjoys it, even though he isn't a true crime fan. Y'all out here turning people for real. Thank you both so much for what you do and for being the way I wind down to clean the house or go for a hot girl walks around my neighborhood. P.S. Mariah's new hair color is almost the same shade as mine. I think, I don't know, I'm a little colorblind, to be honest, but thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, girl. I want red, red. I want fire engine red, but I did not get that yet. But yes, hey, girl. Hey, boyfriend. Y'all better be listening together. Um, This one is from HYC556. Says, love, love, love. I love you guys so much. I'm on my second rotation. I don't even care. You guys have become a part of my daily routine. And I think I'm in love with Taz. (laughs) Y'all are on one today. (laughs) (laughs) They love you, bro. Go ahead. Keep reading. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. That's it. That's it. Just letting you sit here with embarrassment for a little while. Yeah. Um, thank you guys for your support and your love. We both will take it. And if you want to send Tazzy a message, y'all, we're starting something new. <laughs> we're starting something new and we need y'all to work with us. You're going to see the fruits of our labor after a while. If you want to ask Tazzy any type of question, a true crime question, a question about your life, a question about your love life, a question about your finances, a question about your business, a question about <laughs> if she think you fine or not. Oh, Jesus. You can send her an email at tazzytalks at gmail.com. That's T-A-Z-Z-Y. You know, my mommy told me, it's an I-E. And I said, I take both ways. She said, well, if you can't be right about it, how do you expect everybody else to? And I said, well, I take it both ways. And she said, I made the name. It's I-E. You can talk to her at tazzytalks at gmail.com. That's T-A-Z-Z-Y. T-A-L-K-S. Tazzytalks at gmail.com. You can ask her anything. Don't be asking me shit. It ain't for me. <laughs> they can be like, hey, Tazzy, do you think Mariah 
there. All right, y'all. Other than that, if you want to email us, where I may answer, probably won't. It's probably going to be Taz still. Um, <laughs> if you want to email us, it is uh, sisterswhokillpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on Twitter, it's sisterswhokill. On Instagram, sisterswhokillpod. TikTok, sisterswhokillpodcast. And you can join the discussion group to talk to everybody about whatever you want to talk about. Make sure you answer the questions to get in because I will delete you. And I am so sorry for the couple of people lately, this, at least this past week or so. There are people that have filled out the questions and I just slip of the finger declined them. And I felt so bad because of course I didn't remember your names and I'm so sorry. And please come back. And I hope that you are still listening to the show and not mad at me. Anything else, friend? Talk to us. We talk back. Bye.